All right, hey, thanks for saying hi to somebody uh, here in the room. Go ahead and find a seat. Um, thank you, thank you. And uh, if you're at home, uh, look up from your phone now and look at your other screen. Um, thanks for texting somebody and saying hi to them. Uh, hopefully you got a text or sent a text, but uh, it's so good to be with you. Uh, if, if you're at home, watch on a screen. And uh, if you're in the room, this is so good to be here. I need to tell you uh, just uh, something I did, one of the first things I did when I woke up this morning. Um, I, uh, I, I woke up and I went into the kitchen and Abby, my wife, uh, whichever one of us is in the kitchen first in the morning, uh, we've, we've actually never talked about this. Um, she's actually working uh, this morning, so she's, she's not here in the room right now, so we still will need to talk about this later. But we've never talked about who gets to um, write a line through the day that just ended. On the calendar, um, I don't know if you have that. We have a, we, we have a um, I don't know if you know what these are there. Uh, it's called a, a printer, and you put paper into it, and you can print out things, and then you have what you wanted on paper in, in paper form, and then you can put it up places. Um, some of you might have a screen in your refrigerator, um, and you program stuff on that. We don't. Um, we just put paper calendars on the refrigerator. So we have a paper. We go three months at a time, and we've never talked about it, but whoever gets in the kitchen first in the morning crosses out the last day, and I got to do that this morning. So that's all, I just wanted to share that with you. So, now, uh, so here's, here's, what, here's my experience this morning, and maybe, maybe you, you had this. I crossed out uh, what was yesterday, which was Saturday, January 29th, and uh, the way our calendar works is the next two days, which was today, the 30th, and tomorrow, the 31st, although they're part of January, we, we cover that part up, and that shows up in February's calendar. Are you following me? I know it's early, but you can, you, we'll get through this together. So that's, that's in the February month printout. And so what I crossed out experientially was the last day of January. Following me? And now I've kind of moved into February month. And I, again, I realize some of you are having a hard time with this. This is January 30th. I'm aware of that, okay? But for all intents and purposes, January is like done. And as I looked at all the days that we crossed off, I didn't look at every single one, but most of them did not go the way that I wanted them to go. I can't remember a month in my life where as many plans were made and then unmade and then remade and then canceled, where trips were moved on dates, where uh, things that I was hoping for and looking forward to just got punted for like a month or two or canceled altogether, um, where this year, we're now almost one month into 2022, and uh, if I can just personalize it, I don't feel like anything is going my way. I don't know if you feel like that. I don't know if that's what your month has been like, but um, I checked in with the world, and we agree. So it's not going how we thought it would go or how we wanted it to go or, or how we hoped it would it would go. This is, this is just bizarre. Hopefully, case numbers are going down and, and some of the craziness will subside and we'll get back to that word that we're kind of trying to define now that starts with an N and ends with an ormal. This just isn't how we thought things would, would be. This isn't how we thought 2022 20, would go. It's really important for us as we follow Jesus that we put markers in place to remind ourselves of what is true and what is good, what is beautiful, what is right, and what God's promises are. And when we come together like this and when we worship, it might not feel like we 
we've experienced in the past or it might not be exactly what we've wanted to or what we hoped for or what we think it should be. But it's really good when we get together, whether we're sitting at home online or watching at another time or whether we're in a room together like this, that the people of God stop and pause and say, God, you're good. God, you're true. God, you're right. God, you're beautiful. God, you're just. And that we worship God. And so it is really, really good to sing with you today. And as Connor just shared a few moments ago, that, that this marks for us, and we planned it a long time ago, that this was going to be what we're calling this Celebration Sunday, that we want to take time in our monthly rhythm to say, God, this is where we see you at work. And so we're going to do that today. It's not going to look like plans. Plans shifted all over the place in the last 10 days for us. And yet today, together, we get to celebrate in some really significant and good ways where we see God at work in the life of our church family. To the best of our ability as a church, as we've sought the face of God and listened to the voice of Jesus and been prompted and moved by the Holy Spirit, that the best of our ability, the way that we can articulate where God wants us to go as a church, and more importantly, who he wants us to be as a church, one of many churches in our area, in our city, these are the words that God's given us. We say it this way. In a city known for self-reliance, loneliness, and cynicism, and there's a lot of ways to describe our city. These aren't the most flattering, these aren't the most positive, but these are parts of what's true about the city in which we live, the Portland-Vancouver metro area. In a city known for self-reliance, loneliness, and cynicism, we are compelled by the love of Jesus to live distinctly different lives. We will contribute to a movement of courageous and resilient disciples who are formed by God's word, who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, and who are sent by Jesus. That's, that's who we see ourselves becoming and being. That God's called us in this time and, and period to, to be a disciple of his means that we need to be resilient and need to be courageous. If you've been following Jesus for any amount of time, you know that that's part of what it takes in this time. And as we understand what it means to follow Jesus, it means that we're formed by, the, by God and his word, that we're formed by God's word, that we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we can't live this life and be who he's called us to be without the Holy Spirit in us. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in each and every one of us. And then we're sent by Jesus, that Jesus has called us to something and sent us to something. And for many of us, it is right where we are. And that's why we have this next part of what God wants to do in and through us, is that by 2025, that we will equip and commission 500 people. And this is what we, what we see people doing in and around our city. They'll break barriers, love neighbors, and uniquely contribute to more of God's kingdom coming to the Portland-Vancouver metro area and beyond. That's what we believe God wants to do in and through us. And because of that, and because we've seen God begin to do that already, this dream that we have seems to be inching forward to reality. And this is the dream that we have, that every cynic would know the Savior. We all know cynics in our lives, partly because we know how to be cynical. We're cynical in some way, probably. If you take a moment and reflect, and is there an area of your life that you're cynical? We know what it's like to be cynical, and we know that we live in a city that has just refined this way of thinking and perceiving. It's to be cynical about the things. Imagine if every person that you ever bumped into that was cynical came to know Jesus and follow him. That every cynic would trust the Savior. That all the lonely would find a family 
For many of us, that's our story, that we found a family among the people of God, that we want to see every person who has experienced isolation and loneliness come to know what it's like, not just to know Jesus, but to know his people and have that be a redeeming and healing experience, that all the lonely would find a family and every activist would join God's mission. Every activist that you've ever encountered, every activist that you saw formed and birthed next to you in a college classroom, every activist that you see type and post something has a mission already, but they're designed and created to be part of God's mission, whether they know it or not. And we wanna see every activist come to join God's mission. This is the vision that God has given us and called us as a church family. And we perceive ourselves and dream of ourselves linking arms with many other churches in our area because there are so many people who don't know Jesus and are not following him and are not making disciples of others around them. And so we believe that God's gonna do that in and through us and many other churches over the years and decades to come in this part of the planet at this point in history. One of the ways that we are gonna regularly celebrate where we see God working is by commissioning and praying and telling stories of people who have gotten clarity for where God's calling them in their life and in this city at this time. And so we're gonna, we're gonna try that out today. And I want you to hear from somebody who's been a part of our church family for about two and a half years or so, came back to Jesus and found their way into Mosaic. And over the last two and a half years, if you can believe that, which a majority of it has been in pandemic mode, has been equipped and found clarity on where God's calling them and is stepping into that in their life. And so I'm gonna invite one of our pastors, Kim, to join me up here. And then if you would, welcome with me Daniel as he comes up here and tells his story. That's a good mosaic welcome. Thanks, you guys. Oh, so it's so good to be here with Daniel. Daniel and I, um, we go way back to the beginning of the pandemic. And um, we got to walk together through that pretty significant season. And we spent um, mornings together as part of a house gathering. Um, our family was, Tim was part of it. There was a lot of our house gathering is at home watching. And um, we just got to pray for each other. We got to journey through some pretty significant ups and downs, um, some transitions. And it has just been an absolute joy to watch Jesus at work in your life and you respond to him. I just, I get emotional even thinking about it because it's been a really beautiful thing to witness. And because you journeyed with us so intentionally, we got to witness that, so thank you. You encourage me and you help me follow Jesus more. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, that was more than I was gonna say, but I'm really excited. <laughs> Um, I want um, you guys to hear from Daniel because he's got some great stuff to share. And so um, really one of the things that I want to invite you to share with us, Daniel, is what, how has God created and wired you and what are you called to do right now, to do with your life? Yeah, thank you, Kim. Um, walking through that journey with the Outer Northeast House, house Gathering um, is one of the ways that I really was able to clarify that calling that you're talking about. And um, so I'm really appreciative for that community and for my church community as a whole. I'm really hoping to be able to get to know more of you as we're able to. I know that's hard right now. But um, I really feel called to show the love that God has for people 
to people that don't know that they deserve that. Um, in my own life story, I have struggled with a drug and alcohol addiction. And in my story of recovery and how God's been at work in my life, I feel like he's given me an opportunity to use that story to connect with people that feel disconnected from communities and don't know that they deserve value and respect and to be able to show them that dignity that we've talked about as a church community um, so that they know that they do deserve to be loved and valued and there's a creator that loves and values them more than any of us ever could. And I also got an opportunity um, because of my connection to that house gathering, I think, to be a part of focused living, which is something that we do as a church that any of you can be a part of as well. And one of the main things that that did for me was I got a, to take a look at a timeline of my life and look back on how has God been at work in places that I didn't even see him working at the time to shape me and uh, show me this calling and use the work that he's doing to be able to help me to, to pass that on um, to others. It's, it's powerful because I hear the way that, um, the way that you responded to the gospel is the way that you are actually extending it to other people. And you are able to look back at your timeline and your story and to see that and to see how God has redeemed you, has restored you, and to be part of giving that to other people. So I love hearing it. We're all encouraged by that. Um, Daniel, will you tell us right now, um, where has God placed you? Yeah, at the, at the moment, I work at a place called Portland Rescue Mission, which is an organization that um, provides services and advocacy for those struggling with houselessness and addiction. And um, I had kind of lived into the calling that I just described in other areas of work in my life. Um, when I went through Focus Living, I was working as a bus driver for the city, working with TriMet. And that was already a good opportunity to live into that calling. But um, another member of my house gathering, Patrick Lakeman, some of you might know him, he was working at Portland Rescue Mission. So I'd heard about what they were doing there and I wanted to know more about it. And I just realized that being there was an opportunity to connect with and reach more of the people that I felt like I wanted to be um, in their lives and be able to share this message with. So that's been where I'm placed at right now and, and my ability to share that there. I, I love hearing how um, wherever God has placed you, you actually know that that's how you're created and wired to, to live to other people. I remember even witnessing that in our house gathering as you would pray for the people who came on the bus and you would have us pray for you to be praying for them and to be bringing them before Jesus. So, um, and then now to see the way that God has even transitioned you to, to the mission and that you can be still living that out with people. So, um, what does it look like? Um, who, who are you with in this? What does it look like, um, for us as a church to walk with you and support you? Yeah, um, 
I think a lot of that shows up in my story already in the Outer Northeast House Gathering. And my church community has, you guys have been essential in my ability to do this. Um, one of the things about the work that I do, and especially being at the Portland Rescue Mission and seeing so much of this struggle every day, is that can really wear you down. And it's hard to see what our city is going through right now in such a, a real way. And um, the communities that I connect with here and my Mosaic Young Adult community as well has been really essential in just pointing me back to God and seeing where he's been at work. And um, God can always fill me back up and help me to have the energy and the hope that allows me to continue doing the work that he's uh, doing through me. And so, like I said, I, I look forward to getting to know more of you and um, prayer is always essential. So I'm very appreciative to the community I have here at Mosaic. Um, as you are sharing, it reminds me of the scripture that Adam shared at the beginning of the month from Hebrews, but spur one another on in good works. We know that through Ephesians that God has called each of us to do good works that he's already pre predetermined for us to do. And as we step into that, to have the support of people um, re-energizing you, speaking truth to you, living out hope with you so that you can go out into the world, I just... Absolutely, yes, amen. <laughs> what do you dream that God will do through you? My biggest dream is that God will share his love with the people that I get to interact with wherever that is, and that through building those intentional relationships that are built on trust, that that'll give me an opportunity to share and walk through the gospel with them. Can you just, the first part of what you said was this, um, what, what it sounds like is in whatever you're doing and whatever you're doing, that that's what you're bringing. So um, that's, you know, we all wanna be world changers and just to be connecting it to who, how has God made me? What has he asked me to do? How has he wired me? What is my story? And how can I live that out to everyone? And it's, it's in that that faithfulness and intentionality that God actually uses us. So um, how can we pray for you? One of the biggest ways that I can use prayer is just to have patience because like what you were just talking about, um, a lot of the time, you know, God's work doesn't show up in these big ways, at least not that is easy for me to see. And so it can get exhausting to feel like a lot of work is being put in and not be able to see what's coming out of that. Um, and, uh, but slowly you are able to see the way that God is growing these seeds that we can spread and, um, and turning that into something bigger and beautiful. And so just, just prayer to have that patience and to be able to just trust in God that he's at work in all of the small things that are happening. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Daniel, thanks for sharing your story. And just even, even as you share it, and I hear you, you 
say it again, because I've heard most of that before from you, just being in, in community with you. And it's just a great encouragement to, to all of us. And uh, the other thing I was thinking is, as you just answered, how can we pray for you, is that, um, that you've been prayed for, maybe not by name, but long before you came to know Jesus. And um, I just was realizing, like, there have been people that have been praying for years that more people in Portland would come to know Jesus. And not only have you come to know him, but now you, you have a vision for how he wants to use you with those around you, and, and that's, just, that's just so encouraging. So we're gonna pray for you. I'm gonna invite Chris to join me up here. Uh, Chris is um, in a discipling relationship with Daniel right now, and they were part of the same house gathering. And so Chris, you're gonna come up and, and pray for Daniel, and you've got something for him, it looks like, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, I wanna pray for you, Daniel, and I wanna give you something right here. Perhaps you would let the folks at home and here in the congregation see what you got. God, God's given Daniel a job. He's got a gig. <laughs> and uh, it may not always be tidy. And it may involve accidents. Some of those accidents may involve fans. You need cover, man. Okay? And uh, I'm looking at you at home and here in our congregation. Prayer, it's already been mentioned. Prayer is the cover. Hmm. Coverall, some people call it a jumpsuit. It's your cover. I read up here this morning that we're planning to do this for 500 people over the next two years. It's gonna take a lot of prayer. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot. And God, be good and kind and gracious to move us through that goal. Let's pray for Daniel. As you, if you want to identify with Daniel this morning, just reach out your hand towards him. And uh, I'm going to place my hand on him. And, and those up here, please do so too. Sovereign Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And as you establish your kingdom, you're putting us to work. You've got a job for Daniel, and we're thankful that he recognizes it, he's intentional, he's taking a hold of it, going after it. I pray, Lord, that he would be covered by your precious spilt blood. I pray that he would know the Holy Spirit alive in him and motivating him. Thank you for his gifting, Lord. Thank you for his honesty. Thank you for his patience, and yet he's asking for more. Do, Lord. Do, Lord, give him more, please. I thank you for his sensitivity, caring. I thank you that you've equipped him and are equipping him for what he's about to do. Lord God, we pray that you would go forward with Daniel 
and that we would go forward with him and cover him with prayer. Be glorified, Heavenly Father, because there's nothing about the process here that in itself is of any worth. It's all, all about you and what you're putting together. Dear God, be glorified. In the name of your precious Son, the Lord Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. 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 Thanks. So uh, one, one thought I had, there's a lot of uh, thoughts. This is so fantastic to hear uh, more of your story, Daniel, to be able to pray for you like that. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for, for praying um, and just such a fitting gift. That's so thoughtful. Um, but as, as Chris was praying, I was like, I, I, want, I want Chris to pray for me like that. And um, so you might have been thinking that too. It's like, will Chris pray for me? And you can go ask him. But um, here's, here's somebody, somebody is meant to pray over you in that way because you're called to something like Daniel's called to something. We're all called to something. We might not know what it is yet. We might know exactly what it is, and we're ready, and we're moving on it. Uh, but one of our calls as a church is to uh, be equipping and commissioning people to live on mission for Jesus right, right where we are. And so um, there's ways to learn more how to do that. You mentioned focused living. But um, if you're like, hey, I've got an idea. I've got a, a question I want to process. We're ready and can't wait to have those conversations and do more and more uh, of this. Next thing we're going to do is celebrate somebody being baptized, and uh, we did kind of plan this this way. As, uh, as we're moving through the book of Luke, um, Jesus gets baptized, and we're actually on that text today. Uh, I'm not going to teach on it. I just want to read you two of the verses, and it says this. When all the people were being baptized, this is in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. What's so wonderful about these just short couple sentences is that it's the God of heaven looking down at his son Jesus and saying, you are my son, he's naming him, and you are in, in whom I am well pleased. I love you. You're beloved, I'm pleased with you. Up until this point in the book of Luke, if you start in the chapter one, verse one, and start reading through, one of the things that you find is over and over and over, there are witnesses that says, this is Jesus that is coming. This is who's coming. An angel does it, Zachariah does it, Mary does it, another angel does it, some shepherds do it, then Jesus himself does it, as we read a couple weeks ago when he was in middle school, and then we come and God the Father is doing it and saying, this is who you are. And Jesus was baptized, and then he turns around and asks us to baptize one another as we choose to follow Jesus. And what we're going to celebrate today is a, is a young man in our community who's decided to follow Jesus and wants to let his church family know and is responding in obedience to Jesus and to be baptized. And one of the things it is is it, is it names him. It names him as a beloved son of God. It names him that, that God is pleased with him because he's covered by grace. It's pleased with him because he's responding in obedience. And we get to celebrate that movement of God in his life uh, and so Adam's going to get in the tank, and he's going to be baptizing Noah. And so would you welcome them as they jump in the tank together?
And if you've, not, uh, if you've not been around for a baptism, we just like to really celebrate when they pop up out of the water. And so cheer, clap, whatever. Um, and we can't hear you at home, but you can hear you. And so please do that at home and let your neighbors know. And uh, here's the other thing. If you would like to be baptized, this tank, you saw them when they got in. They didn't flinch at all. It's because it's 86 degrees. It's totally comfortable. But more importantly, there's an inward thing that God's doing in us. He's calling us to himself. And when we respond to him, there's this, we have this outward thing that we get to do called baptism. And we all get to celebrate. And so if you've not been baptized, we've got spare clothes off to the side. Um, and Adam is all stretched out and ready to baptize. And so you can jump in the tank with him in just a few minutes if you would like to be baptized and respond in that way. But we get to celebrate now as, as Adam is baptizing Noah.